Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam. We are five years into making this podcast that we love so much called Brown Ambition, and we could not do it without you. We've gone from me and Tiffany sneaking around my old office building, trying to find places to record. And thanks to you guys, we now have 100,000 downloads per month for this little show called Brown Ambition. We would love to ask y'all for a small favor as fans of the show. Tiffany, what are we looking for? Here's what we'd love from you guys. We already have over a thousand reviews and a five-star rating on iTunes. But you know what's better than a thousand reviews? 2,000 reviews. If you could head on over to iTunes, go to our Brown Ambition page, scroll on down to the bottom, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating and a review. So subscribe, rate, review. Not too much to ask, right? Easy peasy. We love you guys. And thank you so much for making Brown Ambition what it is. The last five years have been amazing. And it's all thanks to you. Hey, hey, we're back, we're black, we're brown, ambition. All right. I was feeling a little jazzy. Somebody watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. (laughs) I was giving giving Queen Latifah. I was Uh, giving a little, yeah, a little Oh, is that what that was? You know, she's like one of my, um, Queen Latifah is one of my idols. Did you know that? She's from- Mm-hmm. Well, Newark East Orange, but also what I love about Queen Latifah, the reason why she's one of my idols is because I feel like she has maintained her authentic self mm-hmm. and has risen to like, you know, the upper echelons of her of her career while maintaining, you know, Brick City, or Essex County, New Jersey, mm-hmm. you know, so I just love that. Yeah, I was listening to, uh, speaking of Newark and famous people, Whitney Houston has been coming up a lot because this is her, the anniversary of her death is around this time of year. Mm. I remember it was around Valentine's Day. How many years ago was it? And there was a podcast that did a whole recap of um, her performance at the Super Bowl. The the mm. epic, the iconic one where she sang the national anthem. And yes. they were sort of just, they were they were giving her the shine that she deserves. And just it just makes you sad that she never got to fulfill her entire, um, you know, fulfill what she could have done if she had, you know, not gone so quickly. But yeah, I mean, I feel like Queen Latifah. What else? What else does Newark have going for them? Whitney, Cory Booker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that something that y'all naughty, can... naughty by nature? Naughty by nature. Okay. <laughs> I know y'all got a new Whole Foods. Not because I hate you. Yeah, we do have a new Whole Foods. <laughs> Newark oh, is Newark. the Newark Renaissance, and I'm Newark Renaissance. It's exciting that you're a part of that. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, it is, honestly. Yeah, girl. How have you been? You know, nothing new over here. Nothing new to report. So something, so um, I don't know if y'all like remember, but I, I meet with my um, coach. Remember I was looking for like a, a therapist and then I found a therapist coach, Stephanie. No, I found a therapist finder, Stephanie, who connected me. She's like, mm, I don't know if you need a therapist, more so like a coach. But my coach, Dr. Green, is also a therapist. She's just not my therapist. Anyway... So all that to say, I had a call with her on Friday and then she gave me a really good lesson. So I just wanted to share that with y'all since we're sharing lessons. Like, you know, y'all know that my, my new book, Get Good With Money, it's, it's available for pre-order at getgoodwithmoney.com. And I have been nervous to share that I would like for it to, you know, be a bestseller, like, you know, to be on the list. Like, you know, there's like USA Today, Washington Post, New York Times. Like I, I've been nervous to like, say it. And she was asking me why it's on my vision board. It's been on my vision board even before I got my book deal. And there was two reasons. One, I said, I just feel felt like it was maybe a little arrogant, you know, mm. to say like, oh, and she was like, mm, no, that's not it. <laughs> and she's like, do you know what arrogance is? I was like, uh, yeah, I guess. And she said, no, arrogance is when you are using your quote unquote bigness to make someone else feel small. Mm. Right. And so she was like, is that what you're trying to do when you say, hey, I would love to have a New York Times bestseller? And I said, no. And she's like, well, then that's not arrogance. And I was like, well, maybe there's just a lack of humility. She's like, mm, wrong again. Do you know what humility is? And I was like, hey, I guess you're going to tell me. And she said, true humility is really filling up just the right amount of space. She was like, you know, like, not no less, no more. Humility is not about shrinking. Humility is about filling up the space that is set aside for you. You know, like just doing what it is that you're created to do. Mm. She was like, we don't consider the sun any less humble. The sun is meant to shine. And so are you, Tiffany. You oh. have to lean into. I know. I was like, oh, Dr. Green. I'm not going to lie. Every time I'm like, the tears. Wow. Right? And and so something else, like I, you know, there was something else that she said to me that to me, the biggest lesson um, that I got away from it. And I said, I guess it's like, well, what if what if I don't get any bestsellers? What if I don't sell well? What if the books, you know, what if nobody cares? What if people say it's terrible? And, you know, and she said, um, what would you feel? I was like, I would feel ashamed. And she was like, you know, shame is one of the most. <sighs> she said it's really one of the most terrible emotions because shame is a liar because the the thing about shame is that shame tells you that you're bad, not that the action that you take have taken might not have been as good as it ought to be. You know, shame shame speaks to you as a person incorrectly. Like if I don't sell enough books, I'm bad. I'm a loser. I not just I just didn't sell a lot of books. And she was like, that's why shame is so bad because it truly eats away at all the things that are good about you. Because it'll have you believing that there's something wrong with you because of some sort of action that was externally taken, mm. you know? And she said, you know, there's really one, only one antidote to shame. And I'm sharing this, whether you're thinking about your finances, whether you're thinking about your goals, whatever it is, especially us as women, we struggle with this. She said, the only antidote to shame is voice. And it like hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm. And she was like, in sharing whatever it is that you're afraid of, that you're ashamed of, when you give voice to it, you literally, you you render shame useless. So um, I'm afraid, my, you know, I use my credit card too much and my bill is too high. Tell your bestie. Mm. 
you know, oh my gosh, you know, like, I think I'm going to lose my house to foreclosure because during pandemic, you know, I was furloughed and I can't, I can't afford, I can't afford the mortgage anymore. Mm-hmm. Tell your father, tell your sister, not that they're going to give you money, but to release the shame of it because shame is keeping you from solutions. It's keeping you shamed. Like, um, it thrives off of you hiding. It thrives off of, of, um, you being alone. It thrives off of silence. Mm. And so when she said that, that like, you know, shame, the antidote to shame is voice. I was just like, wow, because honestly we've sold like thousands of copies already, but the first day there was a glitch in the system and they told us that we only sold like a few hundred copies. And I was like, wait, what? I couldn't believe because we've been so, we had worked so hard and honestly I felt so much shame, Mandy. I was like, I mean, I was like a Superman doesn't ever really. I'm like, even though surprisingly, I'm I'm pretty much a crybaby, but he doesn't see me cry much. He didn't know what to do. He was like, "Wait, are you gonna cry?" I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> "He's like, do you want some tea?" I was Aww. like, "Tea? What are you talking about?" <laughs> I guess I normally cry by myself. I was like, "Has he not seen me cry?" I'm like, "Well, I guess I don't really." I, I, I was thinking, I'm like, you know, I guess I do cry by myself, I guess. But I was so ashamed. It was like my worst fear confirmed that I could put in hard work and it come to nothing. And she was like, and what happened? I was like, I don't know. I just felt shame. She's like, but did you basically, but did you die? Mm. And, you know, and I didn't. And then she's like, and then what happened? And I said, well... Then, you know, I called like, you know, my best friend and I told her and I called my other best friend. I told him, she said, okay. And she said, and what happened? Did they judge you? And I said, no. She was like, did they comfort you? I said, yes. And she's like, then what else? And I was like, well, then I started to put together a plan of what we can do to like, you know, to make the next day better. And she's like, and did you put up the plan? I said, yes. You know, I reached out. I I wasn't going to tell my team. I was afraid that they would, um, you know, that they would look at me differently, but they didn't. And she said, so... And so, so thankfully that number ended up being incorrect, but what if your worst fear does come to light? Can you not lean into those solutions? Telling people that you trust, thinking about a plan of action. She's like, one, feeling it. There's nothing wrong with feeling like disappointing, disappointed. So can't you lean into those action steps, feeling the disappointment, telling people that, that you trust and that love you, that are going to give you the support, the emotional support that you need. Um, thinking about solutions and then getting the folks around you that would help in those solutions and, and working the plan. Can't that always be how you manage when things like this happen? I was like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it was man. just really good. And I just, I felt I that know, deep. I feel I, deeply. I mean, I've, shame is, it is so toxic and you're, yes. and I've never heard it articulated in that way, except for maybe, Brene Brown, you know, she's become really ubiquitous, but she's given a TED talk on shame. And, but that particular like phrasing that the antidote to shame is voice, it's Oof. so true. I mean, in this, yes. Immediately when you were talking, I started to think about the women in my life who've felt ashamed of, you know, being harassed, sexually harassed at the office mm-hmm. or in their personal lives and they didn't mm-hmm. want to say anything or even listening to, um, I don't know if you guys, did tune into AOC's uh, 90-minute uh, Instagram live where she recounted what happened to her during the riot from her perspective. Mm-hmm. But part of her story was, part of her was w- the reason she was even telling it because she wasn't, you know, she wasn't hurt physically, although it was extremely, you know, she thought she was going to die several times 
because mm. she's AOC and literally people there are people who would like to see her gone. Yeah. Um, but her sharing her story, she said, I would I thought my story was too small. I thought that it didn't yeah. matter. And I thought I felt ashamed that if I said it, that maybe it would be used as a weapon against me by conservative media and all that kind of stuff. But she was like, I'm gonna tell the story anyway because it's really to encourage other people who've been through something yes. small, large, who knows, saying it out loud. And it's loud. to release her. To release you know, her, it's like, yes, yes. Honestly, one of the reasons why, like I don't do it as much, but the, one of the reasons I used to, I shared like my my struggle with fertility is because of that. Because mm -hmm. I don't know any woman that wants to have a child that is having trouble having a child that doesn't feel shame about it. Because you're told your whole life since you were, you know, since you get your first period, oh, better be careful, don't want to get pregnant. Because the assumption is if you're a woman and you have a period, pregnancy is a, is a given. It's like, duh, mm. a default for your body, right? And then, you know, all throughout like high school and college, unless you found someone, you're like, whew, every, every month, you're like, whew, not pregnant this month, whew, thank goodness, you know? And then you try the thing that your body is supposed to do default, the thing that you've literally seen 14-year-olds do, women who are, you know, addicted to substance substances that should have destroyed their insides, like, like women who work in the harshest environments. I mean, every type of extreme, you know, and in between, you see women getting pregnant left and right, left and right, left and right. And you're like, what's wrong with me? So there's a shame in that. But I, the reason why I share, that's why that lady, I mean, I, I made a joke of it, but and I know she didn't intend it. Like the woman who's like, I'm tired of hearing about Tiffany's uterus, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, mm -hmm. I made a joke of it because like, I know obviously she didn't say it to be, I mean, she was being mean, but she didn't say it to, to the depths of like which I felt it. But I shared it and I share that because I do feel shame around it. And the only way to let go of that is to share because I know in so sharing, you guys hit up my inbox like crazy, like me too, girl. Mm -hmm. This is what I did or this is how I felt or I still don't have a kid yet. You know, that like shame. I just, that's what I wanted to give that gift of like, if you're feeling shame around a thing, whether it's not wanting to admit that you want to be on a New York Times bestsellers list or it's, you know, somebody raped me and I never told anyone that really the only way that you're going to start to release yourself and free yourself from that shame is to give voice to it. Mm -hmm. However voice looks like to you. Voice just means speaking about it in a safe place where you're going to get the support and encouragement that you need. I feel like I just need a paper fan to fan my face because I'm just like, I'm doing that Baptist church lady, like rocking back and <laughs> yeah. forth, like, mm, yeah. mm, preach on it. Yes, <laughs> Um, Listen, y'all, I do deep have deep Southern Baptist roots. But anyway, uh, so that's the show. I mean, I don't know what else <laughs> you guys could need no. from us today because I feel like we just gave you everything that you need. Uh, <laughs> everything I happen to be, I know. No, that's, uh, I'm really glad. And to bring it back to finance and brown ambition, women can feel ashamed of being ambitious. And also the yes. first step toward financial wealth and well-being for a lot of people who don't come from a place of privilege and already have some kind of foundation is one, being vulnerable enough to say, I do not know this. I need to yes. ask, I need to ask questions. And, or if you've had struggles in the past, here's where I'm at today. And I, I have been coaching two people in my family who, who in the past couple of, and I've been, I've been working on these people for years to like, you know, Hey, everyone want to talk? I don't want to be intimidating, but I'm, I'm like, I can tell that you want to say, they're the people who like, they reach out and they're like, Hey, I'm going to text you or can we talk? And then they never text, never call. 
And it'll happen like once a year. And then finally you have the conversation and you realize, you know, what the, and, and you, you hear it in their voice when they have, when they have shared the truth of their situation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the first thing I usually say is, you're going to be fine. This is okay. This isn't that bad. Um, you can fix this or, or it's not about always fixing. It's like, you can get there, you know, you can get to this dream. You can get to this, you can achieve this. You can think bigger. You just need to know a a few, you know, a few little stepping stones. And it's, it's really impactful and powerful financially just to open up and to, yeah, to share with other people. And you don't even know it could be sending in a question to Brown Ambition or, you know, or just talking to a girlfriend or to an actual financial planner. But I don't think if you, if you choose carefully who you talk to, you know, choose people that you trust and who love you, you're never going to be better or worse off, I think, from, from having that kind of conversation. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and yeah, that, I truly do feel like that is, and you've probably seen this a million fold through your work through the budget Nista, but getting over that initial hump of the shame and the sense of embarrassment over what they, where they, it's always the shoulds, right? Where you think you should be, but you aren't. Mm-hmm. What you think you should be doing, what you can't. What you think you should know, but you don't know. It's all, it's all tied to shame. And yeah, it's, it's almost, you know, as a, as a, you know, in my title, chief consumer advocate, it's like, what is that? Well, really, I feel like I am someone who's going to help people get over that hump, you know, get over that sense of shame and to unlock potential they never knew they had, you know, because they can feel like they have someone they can talk to who relates to them and all that. And yeah, I, I financial shame. I'm trying to think of like, I feel like you should do a TED Talk Mandy, sometimes are so opposed to some of, you know, some of y'all faves who peddle the shame. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, we're not going to say any names, but, you know, just because it's enough of that. Like, you know, that's why, you know, here, you know, we talk about, we try to make the financial advice. We never try to shame y'all of the choices that you've made, because honestly, we've made those choices times 10. Mm-hmm. And um, this is supposed to be a safe space where you can lean in and ask your questions about finance and business and career and everything adjacent, because there's enough shame out there. And honestly, we're already good at shaming ourselves. We don't need anybody's help. I'm saying, right. <laughs> like, and And I think I saw this quote recently, just to like round this out. And you said choices. There was someone who said, you know, you didn't, you didn't make good choices. You had good choices to make. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a real definition of privilege. I need to figure out where I saw that. It must've been somewhere on Insta. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't have good choice or you didn't make good choices. Your choices were good in the first place. And that's privilege. And I think being black women, Tiffany, we get it in the sense that, and I was always so sensitive to that when I was editing content or writing content, you know, for a general audience, not to be not to be dismissive or not to be, um, what's the word, like condescending to people. Why did you do that choice? You never should have done that in the first place. I get mm-hmm. it. You know, when you are black in this country or you're a minority in this country, often you may not, it's either the payday loan or it's taking an advance in your credit card. Okay. So, mm-hmm. okay. I don't have the emergency fund. Yeah. So skip that piece of your useless, you know, top 10 list of what to do to, to, to start saving. You know, I, I don't have those things. So I have these choices. They're all bad choices. So which is the least worse and how can I better prepare for next time? And that is the perspective that, and that is, yes, that is perspective. And that's why there will always be that's why I think, Tiffany, you belong on the bestsellers list. You belong up there with everybody else because, you know, your voice and your perspective 
and your your the way that you're tuned into your community and and your audience is is needed. And that's also why I think there's that's why I was more than willing to step up into this new role because it's there's space and there's need for more financial empathy. More, yes. Yeah. <sighs> On that note, I think we should take a woo sign to break. Everybody, take a deep breath in mm. and release Ooh. it out. <laughs> We'll be back Listen. after these important messages. <laughs> hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you-know-what I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. questions. You know, this is my favorite part of the show because you guys can ask us any kind of question you like. Questions about finance, business, career, and life all around. We'll do our best to answer them, although we are not experts. I mean, we're not your financial planner at the end of the day. And anything that we say here, right, is like general, you know, information that we have collected over years, decades of experience collectively. Um, So don't take anything we say, you know, to the letter always do what's best for you. But we do love getting y'all's questions. And in fact, we we're just talking about shame. If you are ashamed, to, you should feel like when you submit a question to Brian Ambition, even if it doesn't end up on the show, I feel like even just typing it out might make you feel better. 
just putting it down on paper. So consider us your your personal finance diary. And you can always remain anonymous. We get lots of anonymous questions, I think, because people are a little bit embarrassed. And that's perfectly fine. It's like your comfort level. But do reach out to us. No question is too silly. And we love to hear from y'all. And it's also a good way for us to understand what is happening out in the world and what are people worried about and concerned about. So I'll, I'll remind y'all where you can find us. You can go to brownambitionpodcast.com and click Ask Us Anything to send a question. Or you can hit us up directly on our uh, Insta Media. Insta Media? What? Instagram account? Uh, Brown Ambition Podcast on Insta. Just slide into our DMs there. Uh, or send us an email directly. Podcast at gmail.com. And now we're going to take a question from a listener named Kayla. She actually hit us up through our email, old school. Kayla's got a quick question. And actually, we were just talking about online brokerages last week when we were talking about GameStop and the whole Robinhood fiasco. So go check out episode 251 if you haven't yet to catch up on all that. But Kayla's question is, could you all give advice on the best online broker for investing for beginners or platforms that you are using or have used for investing that you like and why? Ooh, Kayla, dun, dun, dun. you got me on my knees. Um, Actually, it's Layla, but uh, okay. So I'm not going to lie. I used to use Robin. Oh, but shame. I know. <laughs> I no longer, I no longer use them. When did you stop um, using Robinhood? Last week. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, it would take the investigative journalist. I was like, darn it, Mandy. <laughs> I mean, it's just a simple question. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's fine. That's fine. Um, no, but I also like, I honestly, I also like um, Vanguard. Um, but I mean, that's more like for a brokerage account. Um yeah, there uh, are there are else? so many um, out there. But just talk about like the ones you've used. And if you left Robinhood, and I personally, long before I worked with Ally, I had been using Robinhood, but I got frustrated by the time it took to transfer funds from my my bank account, which was Ally. And and it took like a few days to process. And when you wanted to buy a stock, three days is, I mean, you don't know what could happen yeah. in three days. So a good deal mm-hmm. can instantly become like crazy, you know, expensive three days later. So for me, the draw for Ally was that they had they had launched Ally Invest and I finally hooked up to their online brokerage. And it's great. I mean, it's there's a lot of them out there. But for me, as an Ally customer, it just makes sense to to connect it because it's super easy to transfer money and I can see it all in one place and it's all pretty. But in the past, I too have used I still have Robinhood. I have a bunch of Chewy shares because I love Chewy which is where I buy all of Molly's fancy dog food. I have a bunch of shares there and I just haven't like done anything with them. I guess I should, I don't know. What do you do if you've got shares at Robin? What did, yeah, what did you do with your shares? Just leave them there? No. So what I did was I was talking with Anjali. Y'all know my my amazing financial um, CFP, yeah. certified financial planner. And I was sharing with her like, okay, I've got, you know, this money at Ally, I mean, at um, Robinhood. But then she and my husband and I, we were having a conversation about, I wanted to be, to do more conscious giving because I give now, now anyway, but like, it'll kind of be like, oh, there's a cause, here's some money. Oh, there's a cause, here's some money. But I wanted to set aside actual funds to be intentional. And so she was like, well... One of the things that we're, we, I forget what she called it. There's a specific type of account that I'm rolling over my, you know, like those, like, cause I, I've, you know, I don't know. Everybody's, I feel like everybody's, um, everybody's stocks have gone up. So I'm rolling over that, those stocks into a specific type of giving account so I can start to, um, 
to use that money to give. I want to, you know, I want to give like, you know, a significant amount of money um, every year and I want to fund that account. So I'm using my ally stocks to fund that account. Oh, okay. Or your, your Robinhood stocks, you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. My, yeah, my oh, Robinhood stocks. Mm-hmm. Up in so, there. How many times can she say ally Mandy Woodruff <laughs> in a show? I know. I know. Uh, uh, darn you, Mandra. It's so um, good. So, <laughs> so you can did you cash them out was there like yeah no i'm gonna ask her the name of it because she said it and i totally forgot but hmm. i don't actually have to do anything i gave her so yes they're gonna roll it over and basically dissolve them but i don't because you know when you people don't realize you know you're buying and selling and buying and selling you are there's capital gains tax that you mm-hmm. have to to pay but because I'm dissolving them and putting them into like this, this like giving account and I'll be giving it away by the end of the year, then I'm not going to have to worry about the taxes on, on them. I forgot the name of the account. It was a specific type of account that she said. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds good. Um, Cause I had, I'm not going to lie. I had a good amount of money in there. I had about $40,000. I know. <laughs> Which my sister was like, girl, you're supposed to, Robin Hood is for play money. The hell? <laughs> I was like, I know. <laughs> because here's what happened. Yeah. Years ago, when it first came out, I, I didn't put that much money in there. But years ago, when it first came out, I had an affiliate link and I shared it. And so I got all this free stock, like a lot of free stock. So I would say like, probably like, I don't know, you know, uh, at least a third, if not half of it was from that those that free stock. And then, you know, you know, everybody like the stock market has been crazy. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's gone up. And so, like, I think my return over the last four or five years or however long, uh, you know, I had that account was like 60 something percent. So Damn. it just goes to show you. So I didn't put I didn't put forty thousand dollars in. It grew to forty, and a lot of that was stock that I that I basically earned um, through my affiliate um, uh, link that you bought. So and it that's just, a really good you know because people think of Robinhood as okay, I'm going to go buy the hot stock today and I'm make money tomorrow. Um, but you really like the bulk of your returns have come from stock that you were even though you didn't buy it like you were given several, one mm-hmm. like years ago couple years ago. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when, when Robin Hood first opened mm-hmm. and grew over time. So, hey, y'all, yep. long term investing strategy um, yep. from and, and that's the way that I've, you know, Robin Hood has been my play money account. I don't really check it that often, but damn, my shoe, my chewy shares. <laughs> I'm a genius anyway. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, for me, online brokerages, I don't think the only thing, the only way that I think you can go wrong when it comes to investing online is just not doing it at all and just keeping your money parked in cash, way too much money parked in cash, because mm-hmm. ultimately you need to get, you you want to start investing. And that's because, you know, it is really one of the few proven ways to build wealth that is genuinely more accessible to, you know, mass, mass America, like most people, than a lot of people realize. And that's whether that's through your 401k, which a lot of people have access to through their employer, or just, yes, yeah, starting a Vanguard account. Or yes, op- if Robinhood is the is an easy thing for you to open, or you already have a a bank account and they have an online brokerage that's commission free or whatever, opening uh, put I've heard something good things in about Stash, right? Because you can buy, I think you can buy fractional state shares via Stash. Yes, that's like if you don't have like the whole amount, you know, you can. So if you're gonna, if you're here's the thing, if you are just going to practice, there's a, a great um, TD Ameritrade has this thing called Sync or. Um, sink or swim or is it think or swim think or swim where you can actually like practice with faux money oh that's so right yeah. just, i think mm-hmm. helen talked about that like the simulator yes exactly that's the word i'm like i swear i have words so basically it's a stock simulator so you know for some months you can practice there or if you're not trying to get all fancy like buying and trading buying and trading you know or buying and selling stock 
honestly, you can choose an index fund at like a Vanguard and say, here's my 50, 100, 200 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to, you know, the index I'd like to mirror is S&P 500, Dow Jones, um, NASDAQ. And just do that, you know, and that's super, super simple. And you'll be better off than most people. And sidebar, Mandra, my bad girl. I just looked at my thing. I opened my account, the Robinhood account, August 5th, 2016. Girl, I'm up 96.65%. Damn. Yes. So like I said, and you have to think to yourself, more than half of that money was probably from the free stock, just from like me sending it out. So that's a lot. That's why it's like, yeah, my capital gains would have been tremendous. So like I said, I'm rolling it over. It's now technically I put in $20,000, you know, that includes a free stock. So right now it's at 40,000. And so, yeah, I just, I want to donate. I want to choose my husband. I want to choose like four different organizations that we like to give them at least $10,000 So $10, where can you piece. submit an application for the Tiffany um, <laughs> Foundation? <laughs> the Tiffany no, Foundation. Actually, I think for me, if you know me, for me anyway, so $20,000, i am going to decide for myself and my husband will decide $20,000. I think for me, women and kids always have my, you know, like, and family. So one I already know is, um, you know, Aunt Angela V. McKnight, she's the assemblywoman who I did the, the Budgetista Law with. Mm-hmm. So she's got this amazing um, food pantry program where it's not, what I love about it is it's not just that you donate to the food pantry. She, um, she's got this nonprofit called Angela Cares where she then also takes food to the elderly people because just because you have food at the food pantry, everyone can't make it there, especially the elderly. So she has this amazing program where she you know collects the money, buys the food, and then dispenses it by going to different households and dropping it off. So she's definitely getting a um, you know, um like one quarter of that. And there's a um there's a homeless shelter in Newark called the Covenant House. Well, it's not really a homeless shelter, it's more like a it's a shelter for teens. Oh, I heard know? of that. They're they're all over. But um mm-hmm. yeah, it's at, like at risk youth. Yes, right. that's what I'm saying. So it's not really a homie. So, but I just like, and I've spoken there before and donated like my time there before, and they just they just do really great work. So those are the two places that I'm I'm wanting to put my money toward, and then Superman is going to decide like what he like the two places that he'd like to. So yeah, so no need no need to send me your application. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a no, that's amazing, and I mean five years and very little. I mean, obviously you had the supercharge um, capital from the from the affiliate links, but still, I think, you know, if you have patience, you don't have to be an investing genius. You just have to start now and, you know, don't think that you've missed the boat, just get on it, you know, but just remember when it comes to the, uh, the way that these apps work, you know, if you're really going to be picking stocks personally, Mandy Woodruff would save, you know, extra money for that type of investment. And then I'm a very boring investor and I actually read an, an interesting, um, there's a, uh, there's a person who has a book coming out. I forget his name. They had him on the Bodega Boys show recently. Oh, oh, Josh Brown, Josh Brown. He's a wealth manager. I forget what it, Ritz Holtz management or something like that. He's pretty big in, in finance. And he was talking about how, you know, in, in the research for his book, he was like, I want to interview financial planners who are actually helping the billionaires invest their money about how they invest their money. And what he's found and personally for himself, too, is like people who know how to invest money do it the boring old way. Index funds, ETFs, like it is pick an index, you know, dollar cost averaging, which is just a fancy way of saying, like Tiffany said, put some money in there every month, a set amount, which is I have I have automatic payments to my one of my brokerages account. I also have a Vanguard. So I have auto payments to a fund there and, you know, auto to my Ally Invest account and that 
for me, it's like take myself out of the equation and just do it the old vanilla um, mm-hmm. traditional way because that's really, you know, that's that for me personally, that is that is the strategy. And for a lot of people, research is, has, has promoted or not promoted, but has shown that that is probably going to work for most people. Yeah. Look, great question. And if you, I feel like I need to know what are the hot new, I have stashes newer, and then you have like your Betterments, your Acorns, um, your your wealth fronts. I mean, they're all pretty similar, but ultimately what you want to do is, you know, look at how much work is going to be needed on your part um, mm-hmm. and, you know, what kind of what kind of risks you're you're willing to take on with these types of apps. And and also, are you ready for that step yet or do you need to back up a couple and pay off debt, save a little or, you know, start with your 401k because you have a company match or something like that. Mm-hmm. 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 All right, Kayla, that was probably way more than you bargained for, but <laughs> good question. All right, let's take one more. And this is, comes from Instagram. This is Carrie, Carrie from Delaware. She says she's 21 and currently a senior in college getting ready to graduate this May. Oh, great. I know exactly how you feel because I too graduated into uh, a uh, plunging economy, but you'll be all right. Yes. And her next sentence is, I have the beautiful privilege of entering the workforce during a, print, during a pandemic. I lost both of my jobs at the beginning of the pandemic and have had to rely on unemployment assistance. During that time, it was extremely hard and I don't ever want to be in that position again. I recently discovered your podcast and I want to do several things all at once, but I want to figure out what I should fo- focus on first. I think I want to open a life insurance policy. I want to start saving for retirement. Retirement. I want to start a regular savings account, maybe invest in stocks and pay off my student loans. But I know being fresh out of college, that's a lot. Do you guys have any advice on which one I should tackle first or any books I should check out to further research, educate myself about obtaining financial knowledge? I can think of one book. Yes. Have you heard of any books lately? (laughs) There is one called Get Good With Money, Uh, available at getgoodwithmoney.com for pre-order. I mean, it's written by this girl named Tiffany the Budget Nista. How do you spell Budget Nista? Is that? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Put a B on the capital B on Budget Nista. Um, No, no. This is actually a really good question because it does seem like a lot. It's like, ah. To do all the things, but what do you start with first? It's like when you first start cooking mm-hmm. and you're like, what do I start cooking first? Because you want everything to kind of be done around the same time. Like, you know, do I put the turkey in the oven first? If I start making the stuffing too early, it's going to be cold by every by the time the rest of the food is done. I like to start with like the basics. Like I like to start with like what I call the financial fundamentals to kind of get like a baseline of where I am before I start jumping into fancy stuff. Like let me get my budget in order. Let me get like this kind of saving plan in, in place. You know, how's my credit score looking? You don't need to do anything special other than if you pay your bills on time, your your credit score for the most part will start to raise. And, you know, there, you know, you can certainly take a look at your debt to see where you stand. But a lot of people wait, and I've seen um folks wait to start putting aside and investing money for retirement. And to me, that's a big mistake, mm-hmm. huge mistake. I saw a meme the other day, Mandy, and it was like, um, if you could tell your 18-year-old self three words, just three words, like, you know, you travel back in time, you're like, oh my God, okay, I just came. It's me from the future. You know, it's me. Look at it. We look alike. Um, I have an age one bit. Um, <laughs> I have three words for you. Obviously, that's a lot more than three words, but whatever. <laughs> three words for you. What would they be? For me, they would be learn 
to invest. I wish I'd started earlier because, you know, just there's nothing more powerful than time when it comes to investing. And people say save for retirement, but you're not really saving for retirement. You're really investing for retirement. Mm -hmm. But once you get your financial foundation kind of like in place, like where where do I stand? Really leaning into setting aside and investing money in retirement is where, where I put most of my energy beyond the financial foundation stuff. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I, I agree in the sense that 21 is not too young to start investing. You know, I think, I mean, there's kids who have little custodial accounts and they're investing. I mean, I think I shared that story last week about the little boy who was 10 and his mom bought him 60 shares of GameStop, GameStop stock uh, or something like that. And, you know, he made $3,000 at age 10. That's beautiful. And imagine if he, and he, and he took that money and he, you know, reinvested in others. So who knows where he's going to be in another 10 years when he's 20, all of 20 years old. So yeah, I, I would say even if you have, I know you said that you've lost your job, but you're also, I think being a student, you're in a bit of a honeymoon phase. You know, even if let's say the pandemic wasn't here, um, you know, you you have a grace period before your student loans are going to be due and you will find a job. I hope you will. Well, okay. I really hope you'll find a job. It's You sound super smart. I can't imagine why you wouldn't get a job. You will, when you find your first job, you will pay attention like I did not to where the 401k is and how you can sign up for it. Or, you know, just based on the fact that you're you're listening to Brown Ambition, you'll know that you can open up a brokerage account, you know, through a Vanguard or, um, you know, through any other platform and get your, um, excuse me, get your IRA if you don't have access to a 401k. And you can start automatically when you get your first paycheck or when you get your you know, start getting money from side hustles or whatnot, you can start contributing to that. And you can do it at the same time. You know, you can, you can invest a little, maybe it's a little now, and then you're also at the same time taking a share of that and, and putting it into your savings fund so that you, yes, your actual savings fund, you know, the money that you're going to need if you had, you know, get a flat tire on the way to work one day, or you lose a job, you need to cover rent for one month while you, you know, look for another one. You do want to have some money because you don't want to get into the debt trap too early on. And I, I fell for this, thankfully not to an intense degree, but I did have a couple thousand dollars worth of credit card debt when I graduated college for no good reason. Like literally I had no reason to, I just wanted to go to Boston for New Year's Eve. Okay. And they upped my credit limit and I was like, cool, I will spend all of that right now. And that was not the wisest decision. But yeah, if you if you just focus on not taking on debt and building up your savings, you can do those two things at one time, you know, start investing mm -hmm. and then also saving. And it's okay to be a financial multitasker. Just don't. Yes. Yeah. And for me, it's just more about, it's about what happens if you don't start, like Tiffany said, and also not, not being hard on yourself if you're not instantly it's going to take time to season, you know, think of it like a really good long, I don't know, turkeys take forever, but imagine like, yeah, you need long, long time for that money to season in the stock market and set it, forget it. And in 10 years, you will be so happy that you did. Yeah. I'm excited. I love that you have a fresh start. <laughs> yes. Um, and honestly, the, the, yeah, you're, you're in a great place to even be asking yourself these questions because some people, you know, they put it off and they put it off and it happens, you know, certainly I did. And it doesn't mean you won't, it won't turn out well for you, but the sooner you can start, the better. Amen. And definitely find someone in your friend circle who's on the same path you are, and then you guys can swap notes. I've always had a friend in my life who listens to the show. Hey, Baron. 
And he and I have always just, we had an agreement when we graduated and moved to New York. I'm going to tell you what I make. You're going to tell me what you make. We're going to share that kind of information. We're going to talk about our savings goals. We're going to talk about, you know, it goes to what Tiffany was saying earlier about putting voice to fear and to shame. And I was, I don't know, it just, it always felt good that he and I could hop on the phone and talk through, you know, a tricky negotiation or, you know, whatever was happening as we, as we made our plans. And if you haven't found someone like a buddy to share those types of things with, that'll, that'll go a long way too, toward keeping you on track. And that, my dear, is advice. <laughs> those are all the answers. You're welcome. <laughs> you are very welcome. <laughs> Sweet. All right, man. One last segment before we part. Are you boosting or are you breaking? Oh, child. I... <laughs> I think I'm going to break. Oh, no. Okay, go. Get it off your chest. I'm it's a safe just, space. It's okay. I, we created the segment. I'm tired of being home. Okay. <laughs> me, someone who loves being home. Y'all know me. I love me some home. Any home, home, home. I don't like to go out. Mm. You know, I've got friends. I'm like, come here. You know, I'm all, I miss who's all over there, you know? But finally, I'm sick of my own self. <laughs> um, and honestly, I kind of hit a wall. I literally put my mask on this weekend. And I, on Sunday, I just went to Target just to walk. Just to, because, you know, Target is my happy place. I literally went. I, I took my my children's book, Happy Birthday, Molly Moore, with me. And I may or may not have put it on the children's book um, wall at Target and took pictures. Like, you know, it belonged there. It was like, mm-hmm. Wait. And as kids walk. <laughs> <laughs> Did you leave it there? <laughs> I do that. I always do that. Like, please. I'm like, all my books, I have put them on the wall because I'm like, one day. You know, it's so crazy. This is just a funny story. But I, when my first book, um, One Week Budget, came out, I did a whole photo shoot at Barnes & Noble's. I didn't know you couldn't. So we went to the bathroom. I got dressed. My friend Lauren, who's a makeup artist, did my makeup. My friend Ricky, who's a a budding photographer, he was like, you know, I want to, you know, I've got this new camera. I want to practice. Do you have pictures? I said, no. This is literally probably like 11 years ago. And he was like, you know, um, well, let's take pictures at Barnes & Noble's. And I was like, okay, I'll bring my book. <laughs> Put a bunch of them on the shelves, literally in my Sunday's best. Mandy, I am standing in front of the shelf, in, in front of the the, uh, the the personal finance sign, taking pictures. And then the manager comes over and says, you can't do that. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so literally... I give Ricky the look like, keep taking pictures. I was like, I can't smile. <laughs> Should I leave smile? You don't say hand up. When I tell you, though, those pictures are fire. <laughs> and so when my actual, when my book, because uh, like my other books have been um, self, um, self-published. self So, you know, they don't go in Barnes & Noble. Um, so when Get Good With Money comes out and is actually on the Barnes & Noble shelf, I'm going to do how it started, how it's going, because it will actually be there legally and for real. And I won't have to just put it on the shelf anymore. So it's going to be like so crazy to see like Tiffany. I had literally baby locks. They were like these little one inch locks. And, you know, like I said, my Sunday's best standing next to my book. And you just know behind the scenes, there's a manager there telling me to get out. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's break yeah, turned honestly, into my, a boost. Yeah, exactly. But honestly, just I'm just tired. And I'm, if you feel that way too, I'm sure that it's just... I'm not going to lie. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to go on vacation. The snow is three feet high, almost four feet high here in some places. Usually I try, I try to take a daily walk outside and I can't do that necessarily because it's just too, it's just too snowy outside. Everybody hasn't shoveled. So it's been a little bit of, um, 
I guess I'm a little like, what is that? Um, cabin fever is what I'm feeling. On that so. treadmill of nowhere. Oh my gosh. I, I was on the treadmill today. I mean, I did, you know, it was, the treadmill is great, but it's just, you know, I'm bored. I need to, I need a break. I need to stretch my legs. I need to go outside. I need to see people. Yeah. I need some, we, I think we all need to see some sparkle. Like the word sparkle yes. is coming to me. I'm just like, I want some sparkle. Yes. If life doesn't have much sparkle these days, that's for sure. You have to, or you have to work hard to create the sparkle in a different way. Um, I feel you. I feel you. At the same time, I'm like, yeah, don't go anywhere. Just, uh, just be, you know, Target's cool. But like, you know, I like to go at 930 before they close, like an hour nap before they close. It's all quiet and, you know, not that many people. But I feel you. I'm going to do, I'm going to do a boost. I, I can't not boost my, my, uh, my cousin, Anna, who moved here, left her life in Georgia. <laughs> and I used to babysit Anna and she, she was my I just love her so much. She was a she was one of my bridesmaids, Tiffany, if you remember. She was just a baby. And Aww. I used to babysit her when I graduated college and I did my whole traveling thing and I came home broke AF and I lived in her family in my uncle's basement. And in exchange for free lodging, I would be a babysitter for their for um Anna and her sister and brother. And Anna is like in her early 20s now and feeling a little bit stuck too with kind of where she's going, getting her career off to you know, a, a strong start and all of that. So I was like, listen, I feel like we could mutually benefit from a certain arrangement. So you're going to come live here and um, it's going to be great. And you're going to help take care of the baby when I start this new job. And she has been just amazing. I didn't realize how much I missed just, it's just different when you have family, like just someone that knows me that I've known her my whole, her whole life. And it's just, she's great with the baby. And I've been in this basement in my Zen Den all day almost and Anna has just been holding it down up there with Rio and I am just so grateful to her and all the mommies out there who are trying to make it happen with the the human ch the humans we need to uh the tiny humans to keep alive um so that's my break I mean my boost rather to to Anna and to some childcare that I can trust finally yeah I know there's nothing like honestly like trustworthy child care you know, when you can like leave your kid and know that they're literally in just as good of hands as if they were with you. Yeah. You know, that's why like I know like my sister is like Whew, with the two kids. So I'm always like, girl, drop them off here. Like, you know, on Saturday, because honestly, they're, they're so well behaved here because they have like their their all their toys are in the corner. I have their favorite foods. They really they play with each other and they're a delight to have. And so just to give her a break to go food shopping, take a nap. Bless you. You know, get some work done. <laughs> because honestly, it's a joy closer. here. Be like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a joy to have them too. I know. And I'm just like, just drop them off. And they love they, they my my Nigerian name's Udo. Adochi. So they call me Auntie Edo. So I'll hear them say, Can we go to Auntie Edo's house? Mm. And I'm like, bring them. You know, she doesn't feel like cooking dinner because she's just down the street. I'm just like, girl, come eat dinner over here, you know. Um, Roman only eats yellow rice, so whatever. <laughs> I just literally have a year's supply of Uncle Ben's yellow rice. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna let your mama feed you vegetables. Look, I'm not fighting with you. <laughs> right? Babysitters, like, you, listen, that child is drinking all kinds of, I don't even want to know what kind of juice he's had up there. I don't know. I'm just like, juice no, is that's surprisingly, they're that, they're that big juice um, uh, uh, drinkers. Like, you know, it's all about water. But yeah, so I just, I like, I just, I could totally understand because I know. That literally, there's times where like I'm like, well, dang. I mean, she doesn't take off their coat; she just pushes them by. I'm like, oh, what? Oh, okay, <laughs> you got this. <laughs> exactly. So there's nothing like having people 
that care and love your kids, look after them. And so, yeah, if you can provide that for somebody, especially during these times like now, and it's just really overwhelming, certainly reach out to, you know, someone and say, you want to drop the kid off this weekend, you know, or on Saturday or Sunday, make that reach out. Yeah. So I'm so, pr- and I'm proud of her too, because she's, she's, I know that she's, you know, going to get her career off to a great start. And I'm excited that she's, you know, she's my little, she's my little project. And she's yeah. also helping me at the same time, which is just, I mean, I, I closed the door to the basement this morning and I just came down here, Tiffany, and I have not been able to do that in nearly a year. So I don't know how I survived, but um, I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore <laughs> by myself with no childcare. So yes, bless, bless all the childcare providers. And um, yes, thank you to Anna Banana. Hopefully she's listening. Um, because she's also going to help I love me with it, my Anna Banana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is a feel good episode. Lots of fun updates. Yes. We've been up, down, side to side, on and out. Did you ever play um that game um Chinese um uh, Chinese jump ropes? Chinese jump in rope. and out. Well, it's like the, like I don't know what they call it, but that's what we used to call it. I don't know if that's the right name, but it was like. It's like you wear, hmm, it's, it's almost like these rubber bands that you put around your ankle and the other person puts around their ankle and you form like a rectangle with it. And then you go in, out, side to side, on, in, out. Have you, I don't know how to. I haven't somebody played that, but I do know that viral video of the kids in China at the school who were like, what were they doing? They're synchronized basketball dribbling or something. And it was next level. They were no joke. No, it's not. Somebody knows exactly what I'm talking okay. about. We used to call it Chinese jump rope, and I'm sure that that is not the right name, but I was in second grade, so what did I know? But remember that, guys, right? Especially, you know, sisters in, out, side to side, on and out, and you would do like kneesies, jumpsies, doublesies. <laughs> oh, girl. Somebody's like, somebody at me at the budget needs to be like, I know exactly what you're Wait, talking no, about. Wait, no, there's a Wikipedia. Okay. It exists. Yeah. How do you? Just... Well, I don't know that like that's what it's called. I feel like that's some name that somebody probably no, gave it. I, there's an actual, it's a game. But I don't know. I'm sure there's a proper name to it, but we used to call it because that's what the older girls told us it was called Chinese jump rope. But I don't know that that's what it was well, called. Well, I mean, Wikipedia <laughs> is accurate all the time. <laughs> Chinese jump rope um, is a is a ropes game. You're right. I'm looking at there's even patterns. Is it? Hmm. Yes. Oh, my God. Please. Is this the new fitness crazy. trend? I don't know. <laughs> it was so fun as a kid. Like, and you had to keep going. Like, if you did in, outside, to side, yes, yes, is exactly what it is. Yep, in, outside, to side, on and out. And you kept going until, like, you missed. Oh, my God, this is exactly it. Yes. <laughs> I'm not crazy. Yeah. Do your Googles. Do your Googles. All right, well, fine. A reference yet again that I did not get. <laughs> but I could definitely do Cinderella, lost her fella, wore a dress, and it was yellow. Double Dutch, no? Okay. <laughs> Um, you know, I never learned how to jump double Dutch. Never? No. I mean, like I, I mean, I started to, and then we moved to Westfield, which is largely white. So nobody knew how that. Oh God. Do they still do that? I mean, I, I have yet to see girls in my neighborhood gathered together around some jump rope that I didn't, I didn't bring that back. We have a nice little flat street. I might just put two long jump ropes out there and just get a, get a double Dutch going. That would be yes. fun. Good cardio. This. There's a great company, a great um, company called um, Double Dutch Aerobics. They are so fun. If you follow them on um, on um, Insta, um, it's a husband and wife duo, and they teach 
kids, adults, everyone to like jump double dutch and because it's such like it's such great exercise. But they're such a fun couple. And if you're I think they're in Atlanta, you can actually take classes. So double dutch aerobics on IG. Tell them the budgetista sent you. I love <laughs> yeah, that. Looking it up right now. Oh my god. <laughs> they're I love so it. awesome. I know. And they've got like two little kids and like literally the like the little kids who are like two and three and a half will turn rope. I'm like, how do they know how to turn rope? Yeah. So yeah, they're just, it's an adorable account to follow anyway. But um, but yeah, just in general, they're just, you know, they're just a fun couple. And like I said, if you're in Atlanta, Georgia, you might want to take a clay. Sounds like everybody is except for me. I know. <sighs> All right. I know. I like, <sighs> I guess I should like go upstairs or something. Probably somebody <laughs> needs to be fed. Uh, it's awfully quiet over there. Well, I just hear the baby laughing and I'm kind of like, I feel like I should just, we should just have a two hour show because we can't. No, um, you go enjoy, relax. And I want to hear yes. soon how you're going to be celebrating your book launch because it deserves to be celebrated. Okay. 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 I will. All right. Thanks, Tiff. And thank All you right, guys. See you next week on yeah. Brown Ambition. Bye y'all. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.